His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. And your love forever. That's a good song. Man, oh, worship was so good. Presence of the Lord is so sweet. So good. Um, I'll just give you a little bit of update. I uh, on Teresa should be uh, today's her last day. Of course, they're five hours ahead of us, so today's the last day that they're ministering. Ministered a conference all day long yesterday, all day long today, uh, and she had just sent me a text said, "Because um, there's been prayer off and on, you know, of like tired, dealing with sore throat. A lot of people on the team have a cold." Um, and so prayed for that, but then she, she just said, wow, awesome. So, so she says best trip ever. That kind of gives you an idea of what's been going on. And so she's got a lot of stories to, I, to share when she comes back. And, uh, so, um, well, I mean, I'm looking forward to her coming back for more reasons than one, but, uh, anyway, so Monday they'll be flying home. So you can be praying for their flight and stuff like that. But, uh, just, uh. Just cool. She just said that one of the churches she went to was about the same size we are. She said, oh, my gosh, you talk about on fire, hungry people. She was just thrilled. So anyway, I'm looking forward to all the stories. Of course, I'll get them before you guys do. (laughs) I'm flying out on Wednesday. Uh, she'll be into DC on the 29th and she's staying with Gina White. She's the lady that invited Teresa to, uh, down to Nicaragua, uh, to house of hope. And she was in Israel, but she says, I'll be back by the time you're there. And, uh, she said, you got, you and Ron are welcome to stay at my house. I've got an extra room and stuff. And so we're going to be staying with her during this conference in the first through the third of November is called The Shift. Uh, you guys are well aware of that with Georgian. Uh, Lance Walno is going to be there, Patricia King, a lot of, lot of people. Um, anyway, and it's, and it's on Shift in the Nation. And Georgian has said, you know, he, if you guys read his testimony, he came out of, uh, he was born in communist Bulgaria. And uh, that picture that he put on was his hair was growing out because the police didn't like his long hair, so they shaved a stripe right down the middle you know, as punishment, uh, but he grew up under communism, and he, and he risked his life to escape uh, and come to America in the 70s, in the uh, early 70s, and become a citizen, but he said, I recognize that spirit, and it's at work in our nation right now to try to bring socialism and Marxism and all that, and he said, we need, he, you know how Georgian is, he's normally Ha, 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 fire tunnel, blood, you know, God's good. But, buddy, when it comes to this stuff, he is, like, pointed like a bulldog of, like, we cannot allow this to take over in our nation. And so that's going to be the, the, the prayer is, like, God, shift us back onto our godly roots and foundation in this nation. So even if you guys won't be at the conference, but please join us in prayer during those days of just that God will move. We, we need... Because uh, I like freedom. So, uh, let's see if I had it. 
Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. Well, let's pray because I I was just trying to get my some of my announcement stuff out of the way first. So, and I think that's all my announcements. But let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for your presence here today. God, I thank you that you are moving and that you're doing stuff. And God, that you, Lord, you really are showing us more intimate ways to love you. And and God, just. Lord, it just feels like you're enlarging everything you're doing in us and taking us to to uh, deeper places in you. God, we're just so grateful for that because you're the answer to every one of our heart's cries. You're the only thing that satisfies that longing inside of us, God. And Lord, we're just the more you feed us, the hungrier we become for you. And so, Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for hunger. Thank you for hunger that drives us on. Lord, I ask that you would just open up your word to us today, God, and that you would speak to our hearts. And Lord, just, uh, God, just do what you always do best when your word is shared. God, bring a revelation, encouragement, and just more freedom even, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I was, uh, oh, I know what the other thing I was going to ask. Hey, did any of you guys... Did any of you guys last night, uh, not last night, Friday night, happen to see me pulled over by state police? Okay. I thought I would explain it if anybody had their hands up, but nobody does, so don't worry about it. <clears throat> no, really. I got pulled over. I thought, what the heck? I'm going 50. It was in front of Lane's edition. And he come up and he goes, hey, uh, your license plate lights are out. I said, are you serious? Okay. So he says, I'll just give you a warning. I said, okay. He was, an, he was a new guy, you know, and he was, he was super nice. I was nice to him. You're, well, you're always nice when you get pulled over. And, uh, and it, but he didn't give me a ticket or that said a warning or anything. He just said, he just come up and he says, took my license and registration. He ran it all. He come up a little bit and he goes, well, he said, it's all good. He said, good. He said, you be safe. I said, you too. <laughs> I looked at my license plate lights, uh, later on at night and they're on but they're real dim <laughs> so i wonder if maybe when he first pulled up he thought they were out and then he sat there and he goes oh they are on <laughs> i don't know but anyway i thought this is cool wonder if anybody from the church is driving by <laughs> and i wouldn't have even had that yeah yeah it'll be on facebook pastor his love christian fellowship you know anyway i wouldn't have even gotten that if ethan hadn't called and said hey dad we got our car's not working right and i need you to come pick us up okay it's ethan's fault i thought i get a ticket he's paying thank you jesus the person from me was going so slow might have been a different picture anyway uh, I Lord's been speaking. T- I just felt like uh, I wanted to read a scripture out of uh, Revelation. Well, we're gonna we're gonna read some scripture today, but um, He's just been speaking to me about. I just thought about this verse in twelve eleven. Revelation twelve eleven says they conquered him completely through the blood of the Lamb, and the powerful word of his testimony. That's out of the Passion. So I want to read this. Uh, move up a little bit 
says that now salvation and power are set in place in the kingdom of reign of our God and the ruling authority of his anointed one are established for the accuser of our brothers and sisters who relentlessly accused them day and night before our God has now been defeated. Cast out once and for all. Has anybody ever felt accused by the accuser? Mental, you know, this, this past season, there's been a lot of assault mentally. You know, just negative stuff and just, you know, um, not good stuff. And then verse 11 says, they conquered him completely. Okay, so how, here's what I've seen. How did they conquer him? Through the blood of the lamb. It's the first thing. There's three things that are equal here in this verse. They conquered him through the blood of the lamb. The blood, ah, totally, totally cleansed us, paid, our, paid the price of our sin, and made us right with the Father. You know, back in the Old Testament, it was just pushed forward another year. Yearly sacrifice. Okay, we'll push it forward another year before you got to pay. It's like getting, you know, having payments that you're like a balloon payment. Not the kind of balloon you want to have a payment for sin. <laughs> you know, you got to, in any way, but Jesus came and bought that. And I like, you know, I loved when I heard uh, Graham Cook share about Jesus come to him one time in a vision. And he was angry. You know, I told you guys about that. He's going and he's, and he's walking. He says, Graham, I want it back. Graham going, ah, he's always been a loving father to me, ah, you know. And he goes, I want it back. And he says, I don't know what you're talking about. He says, I paid for it, and I want it back. He says, I don't know what you're talking about. He says, I paid for your past, and you keep taking it back, and it's not yours, it's mine. I bought it. And I thought, whoa. Kind of gave me a new perspective on how we look at our past and how many times we go back into our past and go, oh, back there. Uh, and Jesus gave us a new past. And I thought, it'd be like I bought, you know, buy a used car i've been driving it for you know a couple of years now or whatever you know and all of a sudden a previous owner come up and say hey i want my car back and you're going no i bought it it's mine now and if you take it you'll be counted a thief and i that helped me as when i heard that i whoa the blood really paid he really bought something. He bought your past. You know, we've got that one song that Bethel Worship that says, he stepped into my past and wrote it with grace. You know, he stepped with grace into my past. And it's like, he bought our past. When you give your life to Jesus, bam, you're not known by that past anymore. He's building a new reputation with you, a new uh, uh, resume, new resume with you. And we, you know, so many times the enemy, the accuser comes up and goes, hey, you remember when? And God's going, I don't, enemy, I don't know what you're talking about. My blood already paid for them. But we living in this earth a lot of times go, uh, I know. <laughs> I hate I did that. Hey, it's not yours. It's so I don't know about you, but that was so freeing to me. So, they overcame the accuser by the blood of the lamb. Second thing, 
and by the powerful word of his testimony. Now, in the Greek, it says the word of their testimony. But in the Aramaic, it says in the word of his testimony. And it's who he says he is in you. The, the, so it's not like, oh, yeah, well, now I'm getting my own strength up. But I think there's two, uh, two, full, uh, there's two prongs to this thing. I think that when we concentrate on like Jesus, who are you in me? That's my testimony. This is who he is in me. I also think that as we go through life and we face things and we go through difficulties and we trust him in those things and we persevere through and we see him do works in our lives, we end up having a testimony of the faithfulness of God. And so I think it could be a two-pronged thing to where it's like, Jesus, your testimony defeats the enemy because you said you already paid for everything through the blood. And that I just saw that as, I thought, man, I never thought about the testimony of the Lord being as powerful. There's nothing more powerful than the blood, but oh my gosh, you put those combinations together of the testimony of the Lord and what he's done in you, and a lot of times it's like we've had that battle with that negative thing of just going, getting down under it. And once the enemy can get you to agree with him that, yeah, you were lousy before you knew Jesus, or maybe after you've known Jesus, you messed up. God, that's, God gives grace, and he, and he cleans us all up, you know. But there's a, there's a thing of saying, nope, I'm sticking with the testimony of Jesus. And he said, I'm good. He said, I'm good. Here's the third thing. I, I thought, man, this is, anyway, here's the, here's the third thing that I think is so powerful. And it's they loved not their lives to the death. You've got to have that. If there's not a thing of like, Jesus, I'm all in this for you. You know, uh, your blood's bought my past. And your, your uh, testimony of who you are in me is powerful silences the, the accuser but there's got to be a commitment of like i am in this i don't care if i get threatened with death i am not not following you i gave you my life and i meant it and i'm not taking it back and to me those three things if you get every believer with those things solid in our lives the enemy has nothing but he's just a little pep squeak that you can go under our feet I love that. <laughs> they triumphed because they did not love and cling to their own lives, even when faced with death. So rejoice, you heavens, and every heavenly being. Ooh, woe to the earth and the sea, for the devil's come down to you, and he knows he's got a short time. But we've already triumphed over him. You realize that? We've already triumphed over him. Anyway, I love that. Uh and I wanted to read, I, I, the, reason I'm, the reason I'm sharing that is I, I feel like that we are on the verge of another, I feel like, man, it's opening up, we're, God's getting ready to open up places for us to give testimony, to, for us to share our testimony with. And you've got to have a confidence in what God has done in your life, and what, because what he wants to do, what he's done in your life, he will do for others. 
Revelation 19.10 says, the spirit, uh, the, the, hold it, I'll look it up. I, I just, I felt so passionate about this that, You know, it's, it's a bummer sometimes when you get older and you, you go, oh, it'll be back around in a minute. It'll hit me when I open it. I go, oh, that's what, it, yeah, it was. Ugh. Here it is. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And you guys knew that. You could have yelled it out and I would have been a whole lot better off. When we go through things and God has built a testimony in our lives that he's been faithful in what he's delivered us from, what he's healed us from, what he's brought us through, and we realize, man, God, you did all this stuff. It is for a purpose. It's not just like, whew, squeak through that one. It's because he wants, he wants you to believe him to do that in others that you run into. You know, I'll tell you what, I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission. When I hear somebody says they got cancer, I'm like, ugh. He's healing, healed me of cancer. Um, I want to see it destroyed in your life type of thing. And you know what? When you open up, when you open up and share your testimony, some, you hear about somebody you know or somebody shares, yeah, I'm going through this. It's an open door for you to say, you know, I went through that same thing. And man, I know what you're going through. But God did this. It's an open door to begin to pray for them. And you know what? That's why prophetic words are so important or words of knowledge because it opens up and unlocks people. You know, and you go, yeah, I just feel like God said there's something that, that's really hurt you in your life. And it, but he said he's going to heal it. Boom. More often than not, you see tears. You see a jaw drop. It's like how in the world could you? There's no way you knew this. It's, and then it's an, a wide open door. To, yeah, but Jesus knows your heart. He knows where you're at, and he wants to meet you. And I, I just think that, I think we're getting, you know, I shared this a little bit on Wednesday or Thursday, whatever night we meet for ministry school. It was one day last week. It was Thursday. I, I went to, uh, I had a doctor's appointment up in Carmel, you know, the heart doctor, and uh this was so cool because since I've been praying, Lord, I want to see through your eyes today when I go. I want to see you bring people in front of me. I want to see how you see them. I don't want to see the way I see them. And I want to hear if you've got anything for them. I want my heart to be aligned with you so that I begin feeling a burden for them as I, it's like, ugh, I just, I don't know what's going on, but I feel, I feel a burden when I, when I'm around them and I feel like it's because God's saying, I want to do something here. And so then I want to even be more attuned to what he's doing. But I went and, uh, they go through and the cool thing was they checked my pacemaker stuff. And the guy from Boston scientific goes, uh, why? So why have they got your pacemaker set up to beat every other beat? He said, I, he says, I just shut the thing off. And he said, your heart's beating every beat. Like you don't even need it. So he said, we're going to adjust that thing, you know. And I thought, cool. I've been praying for cancer, and God's been healing my heart. 
So that was encouraging. Now I went and seen the hot do- heart doctor, and uh, he he's he's like, man, you're looking good. Blood pressure was right on the money, perfect. And I'm like, that's awesome. And he goes, so how's your year been? It was just a wide open door. I'm telling you, when you've got a testimony, God ha- does stuff like that. He just begins to open stuff up. And so I said, well, you know, after you put your pa- the pacemaker in, I had, you know, I had a biopsy on my neck. and It was prostate cancer. He goes, no. And so I shared about what the Lord spoke to me when I got the first diagnostics. You know, if you got a year to live, you're going to be miserable. You know, you hope you got good insurance, you know, all that encouraging type of stuff and uh and uh and he said the most i can ever give you is three you know if you get treatment and it's like and i ain't got this much time to spend with you next time you come said thank you for your compassion anyway i shared with him what the lord spoke to me and what we did and then ended up, I shared with him about Teresa laying hands on me and praying for me in the hospital and all the pain the next morning being gone when I didn't know she had prayed for me. And just how God had just moved through all that. He's going, man, he said, it's amazing. And he was, he was, so he was sharing, he goes, you know, he said, there, I, and I told him, I said, you know, all health comes from the Lord. I said, but he uses, I said, there's miracles, but he also uses medical. It's like he uses all of that. And I said, you just have to go the path that he's leading you to go on. And he said, man, he said, it is so right. It's a one-two punch. And he said, do you know what the biggest miracle is? He said, it's when he's in your heart. I'm like, it's awesome. Glad you were the one operating on me. We had a good time sharing in the Lord and stuff. And I got, I got done, you know, and, and he's adding stuff and we're talking and he just goes, uh, he's, oh man, he said, man, you have made my day. <laughs> God opens up doors when you're looking through the Father's eyes and, you know, when you're, when you're saying, God, what have you got? And when you, you know what, we've got, Teresa and I have been through so much, we've got tons <laughs> That we could say God has brought us through and minister into other people. And God's doing the same thing with all of you. Whatever you're going through, you say, God, I'll tell you what, when I got, when I got the diagnosis of cancer, I was like, okay, God. And he spoke that to me that I was going to, uh, he said, you'll live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And I said, okay, then if I, I don't know what path we got to go getting through this to get to that other end, but... I'm asking you to get as much fruit as possible. If the devil gave me this, that he has to pay. Give me as much fruit out of this for your kingdom as possible. And I think that needs to be our attitude whenever we run into trouble and things aren't going right. Okay, life happens. There's just stuff in life. But I'll tell you what, we're in gross error when we blame things on God. Like, God, why are you doing this to me? The enemy is the accuser. The enemy is the liar. And all that kind of garbage comes from him. And so my attitude is like, you're going to touch our finances? You're going to pay, enemy. You're going to touch my health? You're going to pay. God's going to get glory. I'm going to worship him more. I'm going to, I'm going to serve him more. My life is not my own. That's part of that 
They overcame by the blood, the word of the testimony, and they did not love their life to the death. Hey, if he took me, if Jesus took me home, it's a win-win. One guy up there at the cancer hospital up in Zion, Illinois says, hey, I'm being healed. I'm either going to be healed here or I'm going to be healed up there. He said, it's a win-win. And I thought, that's exactly right. I think we need to have that attitude that when something comes that didn't go in our way, that we can go, okay, Jesus, how are you going to get glory out of this? And I think the devil would go, you ain't messing with them people. I lose big time every time I do. Wouldn't you like that reputation? Like, don't be touching them. <laughs> God really moves on their behalf. They trust him. They praise him. They just get more intimate and they get more deeper in him. Don't be afflicting them. Any of you demons, I'm going to cut your head off if you touch them. <laughs> I want that kind of reputation. And you know what? And you don't get that unless there's been issues in life that you were a warrior going after Jesus in and letting him get the glory in whatever you're facing. He loves coming to the aids of his kids. Now I want to read. If you got your Bibles, open up to John 15. I feel like that God's getting ready to explode opportunities to share our testimonies and to share the Lord with people. I just, I, it just feels like it's one of those, you know, I told you about Teresa and I getting her luggage, you know, at Target, you know, before she left in the cashier, you know, all excited talking about Teresa's trip and it's like, or, or TJ Maxx wasn't Target. And, um, I'm, I'm continually running into people that have their walls down out there that wasn't like that before. I mean, their walls are down. It's like just if there's an opportunity and you begin to share, you know, or they come up and say, oh, man, I'm sorry. But it's like they open up. And I don't that's only the Holy Spirit, you know, but I'm, I'm like, come on, church, let's go for it. <laughs> Wanted to read some, I, I love John 15, it's Jesus talking. Um, and I think this goes along with what we've done this morning, you know, like connecting to the vine, him being the, we're being the branches, him being the vine. It says, I'm a true sprouting vine. This is out of the passion. And the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches. You know what he does that? Even if you're fruitless, he props you up and cares for them so that there's a possibility you might bring some fruit. I love that's how That's how the tender care of the Father is. And he prunes every fruitful branch. Anybody ever go, man, we're really being fruitful lately. Hey, God, what the heck are you doing? He's pruning it to yield a larger harvest. A larger harvest. The words I've spoken over you have already cleansed you, so you must remain in life union with me. For I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. I'm the sprouting vine, and you're my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you 
But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. If a person is separated from me, is discarded. Such branches are, branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. But if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire, and it'll be done. If you ever notice that when your life is totally given to the Lord, sold out, that you're just his, and that you're not afraid, that you're not clinging to anything, that your desires of what you ask for change. When we're kind of like, well, God, I just want my life to go good, and I, I'm going to serve you, but, you know, as long as I still get da-da-da, da-da-da. When we ask him things, they don't usually line up with <laughs> his desires. You know, there's always something of me in there. And I think that when you're just sold out to him and just like, God, I'm all out for you. That's when he loves to answer whatever we ask. It seems like I notice my prayers go from they go from, oh, God, could you just give me a new car? Oh, God, could you just give me, you know, that type of thing to, oh, God, would you save that person? Lord, would you would you move in and heal their heart? God, they're so bound by things. God, would you move in and set them free and let them let them know who you are? That happens as it's like our prayers get more. God loves to answer that type of stuff. I mean, he loves it. He loves when we turn him loose on someone that needs him desperately. I love that. They had a, and you know what? Your testimony doesn't have to be anything profound. You know, it's like we had somebody that, that was uh, in a neighborhood needing some help, and uh, I went over to talk with them, you know, um, I ended up praying with a guy. He was, he was, he was um, he'd had a stroke. He was walking down the road and I was mowing and, uh, he's walking. I'd shut the mower off and ask him how he was doing. And, um, he shared, you know, and just, I said, could I, could I pray for you? And he goes, sure. This guy doesn't know the Lord. So I laid hands on him, prayed for him, prayed for the Lord to heal and, and all that kind of stuff. And then I went over yesterday to just kind of see how he was doing, where he was at and stuff. And, uh, I told him, I said, you know, God really loves you. And he goes, wow, I, re I really appreciate that. And he, it's like simple words, like God cares for you. He sees where you're at. To somebody that's lost is like, we think, yeah, I've known the Lord a long time. I know he loves me, you know. But when you've not had anything like that and someone tells you, God loves you. He cares about you. He was just like, whoa, thank you. Simply doing that. A lot of people, I believe, are walking around discouraged and just beat up by life. And they need to know that God sees them, that he loves them, and he loved them enough to put them on your heart to say, to encourage them. And you never know what doors that'll open. i it just, I'm telling you, God is wanting to show off in these days. And it's not good for your kids to do that, but it is okay for God to show off. I just, it just I'm telling you, he's wanting to show off and he's wanting a body of people to say, okay, let me be the one to introduce you. <laughs> hey, I got a show off that wants to know you. Uh, that's probably not a good witnessing tool.
<laughs> okay. Hmm. Hmm. But if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, you can ask whatever you desire, and it will be done. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you're my mature disciples who glorify my Father. I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. Ah, yes. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts, which is the very area that the enemy likes to come in and discourage us in. If you keep my commands, you'll live in, you will live in my love. And just as I've kept my father's commands, for I continually live nourished and empowered by his love. My purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. So this is my command. Love each other deeply as much as I've loved you. For the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. You show that you're my intimate friends when you obey all that I command you. I've never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. And servants don't always understand what the master is doing. But I call you my most intimate friends, for I reveal to you everything that I've heard from my father. You didn't choose me, but I've chosen and commissioned you to go into the world to bear fruit. And your fruit will last because whatever you ask of my father for my sake, he will give it to you. So this is my parting command. Love one another deeply. I think the one thing that gets challenged in us that the enemy likes to attack, that we need to stand against is uh, believing that God's good, that he's for us. And, and even when things aren't going real great, that we're still believing that God's good and loves us. And I think the other thing is that uh, sometimes you can battle, well, my brothers and sisters don't really love me. He works on breaking up disunity in a family of believers. And just as much as you have to stand against negative accusations coming at you in your mind from the enemy you have to also stand in loving your brothers and sisters because it's a battle because it's that whole you know the whole thing in uh, uh, warfare is if you can divide and conquer you can you can get something beat you know and but you when you got a people that's unified and standing arm in arm man there's nothing that can t defeat that so one day I just really wanted to uh, I wanted to encourage you guys with your testimonies, you know, because I think sometimes when you're when you're so used to it that it's like, yeah, that's just my story. It's no big deal. You get used to it. It's like, eh, nah, 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 nah. but I'm telling you that people that don't know you will be amazed by the incidences of when God came through for you and asked, answered your prayers. It's like, oh my gosh, he did that for you? So, I, didn't, I that was just, I just thought, man, I was so blown away by the power of our testimony almost being equal to the blood to silence the accuser and not fear in your life, even when faced with death. I just thought, 
and we've been under assault for that very thing. Our testimonies has been the main thing we've been under assault for. You know, I uh, felt like, well, you guys want to stand? Father, I just want to, I just felt like you said that you wanted to release a greater anointing on our testimonies so that you could open more doors to change hearts. And so, God, we just ask you this morning, God, that you would put a greater anointing and awareness on us. God, I pray body-wide that we have, uh, God, that, that you open multiple doors this week, God, to minister the gospel. Multiple doors this week, God, to share your goodness. Multiple doors this week, God, to share what you have brought us out of, what you have done for us, the blessings that you've brought, and God, the love that you have. And so, Father, we just release the anointing for that. And God, I release uh, eyesight to see as you see so that we don't get tied up so busy with life that we walk right through by an opportunity and miss it. God, we release the eyes of the Father over this congregation to see, to hear, to do all according to your will. Father, we receive that. You, the, boy, God, you want to do this so bad. You are doing this. God, we receive it. We thank you that we're going to see through your eyes every single day. And we thank you that we're, our hearts are going to just be in tune with you like they're tandem where we feel the same thing you do when we, when we have the people in front of us, God. Lord, and it's not looking all over the crowd to see who it is. It's just for the one right in front. And Lord, I, I pray that we won't be shocked by how many people start coming through that uh, Lord, it, we're, sometimes we go, well, man, it seems like I always attract these type of people, these problems. Well, duh, that's the very thing you came through and saw God deliver you out of. And so he wants you to pass it on. Lord, give us your perspective all the time. And Lord, we just, I just bless your people, God. I love this family. I love this family, God. We've been through a lot of things together, God, and we're still just linked arm in arm, standing strong in you, and I thank you for that, and I pray you encourage every heart in here today and overflow more than we expect, overflow more than we expect this week. Shock us, take us, shock us with what you do this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message. You.